Welcome back. It is Tom Stevens, your resident psychotherapist with Reaction Therapy and also with Nick Stevens, the resident engineer, producer, director, the man who runs the show. We've got an amazing podcast for you today. Just wait. Yep. He's about to tell you. Nick, I'm ready for take it. Take it away. I'm ready for it. This is uh, season three of our podcast. So we've kind of adjusted things. We just did them in number order. We're still going to keep putting the number of the episode, but I've uh, categorized them into seasons now. So this is season three. This is our first episode of season three. And this will be going on our main channel now as we will bring y'all announcements later. Maybe in the extra episode, we'll bring y'all some announcements of what is happening with our second channel. So I'm excited for this. But to open up season three, we're going to talk about a mental health topic, and that is addiction. Oh, this is a big one. Yeah, very, very big one. We've talked a little bit about addiction throughout our shows just because it is related to a lot of mental health issues. Yeah. Um, but today is focused solely on addiction. So before we get into that, I want to go to our intro topic. I fixed the transition, so these will work now. Let's see it. Oh, man. So, see that? Everybody see that? Everybody see that? Uh, yeah, our intro topic today, I wanted to talk about something recently that happened in the world of music. It okay. has nothing to do with addiction at all. Um, I don't think it could. Maybe it could. Uh, Morgan Wallen is is the uh, topic of discussion okay. for right now. Sand beneath my boots. Have, it's sand in my boots, actually. Or sand in my boots. Not beneath. It's in. Probably <laughs> but, be better to be beneath than in, I guess. I guess it's true. Um, have you heard anything recently what happened with Morgan Wallen? I saw some video clip of him canceling a concert right before the concert, yes. and I heard two stories. One was that he was uh, wasted, drunk. And maybe couldn't stand up. Maybe it does have something to do with addiction. Thing. And then I heard another one that he lost his voice. Yeah. So, so who knows which it is? I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was fascinating that literally I saw people saying like right before he went on, the opening acts went ahead and did their thing. Oh, so they played. Okay. Yeah. So I heard that the opening acts did their thing and like five minutes before he was supposed to go on stage, a big like a uh, message flashed on the screen that said he was canceling the show. I didn't see that message or anything. I don't know what they said that happened. Did they actually say what happened? I don't think they did. I've heard stories and uh, messages. What have you heard, People Nick? have what said that. What have your insiders that... said? <laughs> My insiders. I don't have insiders. My uh, Instagram and uh, TikTok and things like that have told me that um, basically what happened is he lost his voice. Um, he knew about it beforehand he said he did this show either the night before or the night before that um the night before the night before um he did a show and his voice was kind of going on him and he was yeah. gonna he was trying to rest up uh so he could be ready for the show and he just didn't feel like he, he felt like right before the show he didn't feel like he could do it uh people are very mad though i wanted to bring see what your opinion on on that is because people were very upset it's like so how do you let the opening acts go and you just randomly decide that you don't want to do it? Like if if you're you're gonna make plans like that, then how about you tell them like when you're feeling bad, like just I can't do the show tomorrow or give them like 24 hours notice. That's what you do in your office. Like, I mean, well, you want people to do that for you, but also if you need to not see clients unless it is a emergency. That's but that's what time. this could be. Could be. I've but. woken up in the morning and been completely sick and had to call my assistant and say, I can't go in today. Like, there is no yeah. way. I can't, not even just being contagious, I can't speak or I can't, you know, I'm nauseous or whatever. Yeah. I literally can't. I'm really sick. 
and she'd had to cancel my whole day, but, which happens with people. So if it's a dire emergency, you'd want to let people know as soon as possible. Yes. And with this one, the weirdness, I didn't hear that before that the opening acts went. Yeah. I would have wanted to put the announcement out before as that. soon as they knew this wasn't a go. Yeah. I don't think they knew it was a no-go last minute like that. I There's think no they way. probably knew hours ahead that he yeah. is not going to be in shape to do this. Yeah. That's but my, it is interesting because there was another country artist who had the same thing happen. Bring that up next. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't remember who that was, but yes. I remembered that happening. I remember him going yeah. on stage. Mm -hmm. well, go ahead. You tell the story. Yeah. So if that's the same guy. Yeah, it's the same guy. Um, I, I was just, to me, the whole point of like, yeah, I get Did it. Do you think it was real? You think he was sick? Th or you think he was wasted? I don't think he was wasted. I don't. He could have been. Who knows? Who knows what goes on behind the scenes? But for me, it just doesn't make any sense why you would let the opening acts go before you put that announcement out. Because then yeah. people are all excited. They're in the stands. They're like, okay, like once, like it's kind of like I don't know how to what to what to compare it to. It's like when something starts happening, yeah. then you're like, okay, this is gonna go on. Like, there's no way it's not happening now. But so you would fans would think like, OK, yeah. the opening acts are going. So this show is going to happen. But then it's like, how do you what? How do you what? There's some miscommunication here. Something's not adding up. So I wasn't sure about that. But the other guy is Luke Combs. That's the other um, country artist name. And I watched the video because, of course, they're very like um, correlated right now with how it's like Morgan Wallen. How do you not like take a take yeah. a message from Luke Combs? Like how do something like that? And it, it that was make, a while ago too, I think. Yeah, it would make sense though if they did it, um, because he was wasted. Because that that might be a good explanation for why he didn't he did that. Like that's kind of he's coming to Houston. We'll find out. Thought. We'll find out there. But uh, so Luke Combs <laughs> Look, did to spend that much money on tickets. Yeah. to drive somewhere, mm -hmm. and some people, people drive. Like we're going to NF in Fort Worth. It's four hours away. Yeah. we're gonna spend the night in a hotel. It's gonna cost a lot of money. I can feel for people who went there mm -hmm. and were planning on a concert and saw the opening yeah. acts. I heard, like, oh I read comments that said, "Okay, but what about the the uh, airplane tickets I took to get here, the hotels, yeah. the food, the, the money, like just all that Gone. money that I'm having to spend Gone. for nothing? It's like, what what do you do for that? Because they're going to refund the tickets. That's at it. least Warren Wallen said that. But that's it. It's like Nothing there's else. a lot other there's a lot like we were thinking about NF tickets. It's like, okay, it's not just tickets for that. Yeah. Like we have to drive." Four hour, you know, like it, it's, it's a thousand driving, to fifteen hundred dollar so. trip yeah, it's just crazy. for the three of us. And, you know, a lot of people, it's very hard earned money and yeah. you can't get it back. I would be upset if I went to a concert and had that happen the way you laid it out. Yes. I thought once people got there, they made the announcement and the show was mm -hmm. kind of canceled. There were no opening acts, but I didn't it's realize. It's crazy that. to me. Anyway, so the Luke Combs thing, what he did was he went on stage. And he said, look, like I was trying to get my voice ready. Um, I'm not going to be able to give you all the best show I can tonight. Um, so I'm going to refund all your tickets. We're still going to do the show. Wow. Y'all are going to have to have to help me sing, though. Like he was going to rely on them to help him sing. Like the band was still going to perform. Yeah. He was still going to try to sing, but he just couldn't sing the best he could. So he said, I'm still going to do this show. We're going to do the best I can, but I'm going to need y'all's help and I'm going to refund your tickets. That's like, the that, thing for me. That's how you do it. To be able to go out and mouth the words or yeah. start a song like there once was, you know, and start also, a song yeah. 
and let people pick it up because in a stadium everybody knows the songs and they would all sing it for you and you could just stand up on stage and also there's so many artists now that they do shows and a lot of them have the music playing behind them so they might sing parts of it but they have yeah. their voice in the like on the uh whatever a song behind them so like they don't have to sing the whole thing i think it's more in rap music i'm not sure in country that. but maybe i don't know i don't i mean y'all would know i haven't been to a country yeah, concert in a long time either. But I do think it's uh, quite a story. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted You're to bring it up. up about that, Nick. Well, I was just curious on what your thoughts were because it's a very interesting storyline. But yeah, my thoughts are you should tell people as soon as you know something yeah. for sure. But if he was determined, he was like, "Let's pretend it's not the drunk thing," and he was like, "I really want to try to go. Like, I really want to try to go." And doctors were finally saying, "You can't do this because." You have shows coming next week and the week. Like, that's what they have to look out for is you don't just end here. Like, you can get yourself sicker and then end up canceling other shows. Yeah. Just sucks for a fewer in that. And he's he's had some issues. Yeah. Like, from what I heard before, he was, like, close to getting canceled uh -huh. yeah. or something. Like, I don't know a whole lot of Morgan Wallen, but I know everybody loves him. Yeah. And he's touring and he's popular. He's coming to Houston, like I said. So... More power to him. I hope he does great. I hope he gets well. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully everything's good. But anyway, okay. Spend enough time on that. Let's go to our topic of the day. Speaking of, what were we going to say? Speaking of what? Morgan Wallace. Just when y'all talked, we talked about the possibly being oh, drunk, yeah, yeah. the addiction thing. It's true. You know, one of the one of the biggest brought up topics in any comments we have a reaction there is addiction. It's and true. how to handle it. And so we, we need to do this in a live podcast. Like this needs to be live where people in the moment can ask us yeah. because there is so much that this is spread out to, not just drugs and drinking, food, sex, gaming, money, exercise. Like we can go just, on and on, on, right? Every potential thing yeah. that's addictive. Hey, keep keep note on that because in a week, couple weeks to a month, we're gonna have that live podcast. So be ready for it. Waiting for it for months. Be ready for it because it's coming. We'll give you an announcement a week or two in advance so y'all can get ready to be there when we do it live. So what we're gonna do with that is we're gonna post it. We're gonna do it live and then post it on our next podcast airing. So that's how we're gonna do it. All right, let's go into addiction. First off, what is an addiction? versus i want to know like what what is an addiction from your standpoint versus what people say is an addiction because you as a mental health professional might have a different way you describe addictions from what people just think they are yeah i'm not going to give um the american medical association's definition of addiction i'm going to tell you this though an addiction is a compulsive attachment to something, some type of behavior, some type of substance in your life that you cannot function normally without. And that doesn't mean, hey, I can stop drinking whenever I want. And I've seen alcoholics who are addicted to alcohol who drink three, four times a year, honestly. They yeah. don't even drink every day. But when they do drink, it sends them over the deep end. So an addiction is when you're compulsively drawn to some substance, some experience, some behavior. So it could be anything because people could be addicted to running. Mm -hmm. Like when you are, you cannot say no, it is stronger than you are mm -hmm. and you cannot go on functioning normally without it. In other words, it is something that you have to have in your life on a regular basis. And when you have it, in your life, it is destructive to you. Mm. It turns you into an unhealthy person. Mm. 
-hmm. It makes you worse as a person. It's a progressive illness over time. So it doesn't just stay the same. It's progressive means it intensifies whatever you use or you're addicted to. It only intensifies over time. And it's something that you don't have power over. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that whole thing of progressing, it reminds me of the whole topic of like, if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. It's kind of like an addiction. If you're not making steps to try to heal, which we'll talk about in a little bit of how you like heal Mm -hmm. an addiction, you're always going to get, it's going to get worse and worse. So that whole thing about it will just get worse. It doesn't get better with nothing gets better with time. Bad news never gets better (laughs) with time. Bad news gets better with time. the addictive piece, and you're right, it doesn't flatline. And so you're either moving towards recovery or you're moving towards addiction Yeah. every day. And people in 12-step programs will tell you this, like, am I acting in recovery today or am I acting in addiction? Yeah. And it doesn't mean even I'm using, but when people have addiction, you don't lose it. It never goes away. You can recover yeah. it. You can arrest it. You cannot erase it, though. Just know that. That was one of my questions also. Can addiction ever go away? No. Then no. It can't. It's always drawn to it. And you are always super likely if you're around it enough to go back into it. What people with addiction learn to do is to stay away from what that is. And they also redefine what their draw to that substance is. But any addict would tell you, man, what it felt, the high I got when I was using or in addiction was so strong. And what they learn is I don't want to be fed by that anymore. So it doesn't go away. Yeah. Difference between experimentation, we'll talk about experimentation, problem, and addiction uh, when you're in an experimentation or problem phase, you can recover, you can um, erase it. But once you get to the addiction phase, you cannot. So yeah, that kind of leads me. Yeah, take a sip. Been talking a lot. Um, my next kind of question that it's water. <laughs> I promise it's not alcohol. Okay, why would it be? Um, <laughs> uh, so kind of leads into the, what you were saying. How how does addiction like come about? Like you obviously are living your life, and then all of a sudden. Do you just stumble into something and it turns into addiction or what are some ways that it can come about? Yeah, as they say, you know, caught off guard and 12 step caught off guard under the right circumstances. Boom. There pops the addiction or a relapse to addiction. Many times you ever notice how people are addicted to something. They are addicted to something. Sometimes it's one or two or three things, but typically it's one hardcore thing they're addicted mm-hmm. to. And it's like, why aren't people in addiction addicted to just everything? Then? That's true. And it's because at the point you become an addict or you become, you know, a problem user of any substance or thing, behavior, it is what satiates you. It satisfies you at the moment. So whenever your struggle, your life hits, hits a low and you find this thing that gives you a high, that is your starting point. And so people tend to latch onto that. If it's food, if it's drugs, if it's drinking, if it's sex. If it's money, whatever it is that gambling, whatever it is that you latch onto, mm-hmm. it's that thing that gives you that high. Because you'll notice some people who are, um, you know, addicted to food, don't smoke cigarettes, don't use drugs, and sometimes don't even drink alcohol. And you think, hmm, because food <laughs> yeah, is their true. thing. Yeah. Okay, so whatever the addiction is tends to be what that person holds on to. Isn't it also just from my thinking? don't like people who are addicted i mean people can be addicted to multiple things mm-hmm. but yes i feel like the reason why people latch on to one thing so much is because it takes over like it's almost like it just is like once that thing hits it's like you don't really have time to do yeah. other things because it just takes over you mm-hmm. and that's what you think about it's kind of like when you get married the goal is for your husband or wife to 
be that person that you're with. You don't want to go over and, you know, have, I mean, people Mm -hmm. do have affairs, but that's for other reasons. But when you really love someone, you don't, you don't go around and try to sleep with other people. It's like, that's your one person. There's no need. Yeah. So dating is a good example of that. When you first start dating somebody and it's like, man, I'm thinking about them all the time. I can't wait to see them. I get a smile on my face when I think about it. It kind of gives me that dopamine hit, that high. And that, everything else goes away. You don't even notice if other girls or guys are looking at you. You just don't notice because you have your mindset on that. Yes, addiction takes everything from you, makes you push everybody else around you away, and you're not emotionally available to people because that thing requires all of your existence. Hmm. All right, let's go into more of the, we're probably going to have to do a part two. By the way, what people say addiction is, you had that as part of the question too. I think a lot of times people attribute addiction to super hardcore, like vagrant, horrible, nasty. When they look at me and say, you know a guy or a girl who's addicted to alcohol that only drinks four times a year? Yeah, you know why? Because they do not let themselves around it the rest of the year. And then when they go to Vegas or they go to the Caribbean or they go on a vacation and they start drinking a cruise and they end up in the hospital or they end up arrested or they end up on the street, like they go all out. But the rest of the time they keep themselves away from it, kind of forced. Yeah. Addiction is not just this. You see addicts, addiction is everywhere. Yeah. There's people you talk to every day who are in addiction. They might not be in a 12-step program or have admitted it or whatever, but they are in some type of addiction and there are spectrums of it, right? Yeah, and it's almost like that whole thing when you were saying how people can be addicted to something and only do things a certain time, like a couple of times a year maybe, but it's almost like, it. and we're talking about how to like ways to get around addiction and how to cope with it, but it's almost like that that's their coping mechanism is I'm not going to do this and then once it, and when you do that, I've learned um, through like just not counseling, but with mentors that I've had, people have said, you know, when that happens, it's actually not good to just cold turkey, not just to avoid it, because once you do break, it's going to be like hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> so that, you have to be careful with that. And you also need a strong support system around you because withdrawals are brutal. Yeah, it's true. Mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Tons of different addictions. So many different ones. Well, okay. That you're you're per, you're doing great with me today because you're leading into everything that I'm going to next. I don't know what's happening right now. So what are some examples of some addictions? Well that, I mean you've already listed a lot. Yeah, of we them, mentioned but, a lot. I mean you can pretty much list anything, anything, whether it's drugs or drinking or food or sex or money or gambling or work yeah. or exercise or uh body image. True. Uh when it comes to your body image when it comes to plastic surgery. We've had people mm-hmm. in addiction who just can't stop getting plastic surgery. So the bodybuilders, same thing. You have so many different types of addictions, especially in today's world with social media. Mm-hmm. Tons. That the key is because social media can be one. <laughs> I can go exercise and want to do it because I exercise and I feel better. And an addict who exercises, over exercises cannot function the rest of the day until they get that done. Yeah. And like I said, I treated this one guy once who said he wouldn't jog unless he could go six miles or more on his jog. So he was a runner. And I said, well, what if I told you, you know, I'm going to average six miles for you. But during a week, I told you one day, one day you're going to go out and jog one mile. One day you're going to jog 10. One day you're going to jog four. He said, no, I just wouldn't do it. If you told me less than six, I just wouldn't go. 
So he has to have it a certain way and he would keep going because he's not satisfied unless he gets that high mm -hmm. that, and that completion piece. I treated a boy a long time ago, he was about 10 years old, who was addicted to reading books. Mm. <laughs> Most interesting thing in the world. He could not stop reading at the kitchen table in his room. The parents, he couldn't, he couldn't even like function normally and play and study for school. Like he, he was a smart boy. They caught him in the bathroom. He would turn the shower on and say he's taking a shower, but he was really sitting in there with a stack of books, reading the books. Like it was so Crazy. hard, he could not stop. And so I was treating him for that. Anything can be an addiction. And so I want you to see that it's not it's horrible, it's the end of the world. It's that you need to arrest it and get something in place to treat it or else it will only progress worse. Wow. Lots of different addictions. You could, yeah. We could name them all day probably. All right. And then, I mean, obviously we're going to keep going, but the last question I have for you and then we can just talk about it is what are the steps now that we know what addiction is, what are the steps to kind of, if you're dealing with addiction, how do you get it to, I don't, I don't know what the right word recovery, is. Recovery, recovery, abstinence. Yeah. Well, yeah. abstinence is first. I mean, that's the thing you want first. Like you go to a 12 step program, let's take alcohol. It's the easiest one. It's been around forever. AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, but the first thing they'll tell you is they just want you to start practicing abstinence, just to not drink today. Hmm. If you can't not drink today, then don't drink this hour. Don't drink this gotcha. minute, just, just whatever you could do. So abstinence is first. That means stopping whatever you were doing. The recovery piece is once you work yourself, your character, your spiritual life, and your behaviors into a place where you have a stronger sense of yourself you have a stronger sense of your spiritual growth. You have a stronger sense of your character and you don't need that substance anymore. So the way I describe it is people very often when they start uh, recovery, let's say they want to stop doing something, drinking alcohol mm -hmm. every day. You notice how I'm going up and up and up every day. Yep. They're more likely to drink again. It sounds crazy, right? You stop drinking. You're more likely to use again every single day and tomorrow even more and next week, even more likely. Until it crescendos at a point, it could be weeks down the road, months down the road, years down the road, till it crescendos at a point and it curves and it starts going down and then you're less likely to drink again. And that's when recovery really kicks in, meaning I'm less likely to go do that thing today than ever because I have so much recovery and I feel so much better about myself and I just don't need it anymore. And so that's what addiction will do to you is it will convince you that you're going to need me the rest of your life. Best way to do it, 12-step program. I mean, the easiest, most standard thing to do is a 12-step program because it is grounded in lots of key principles that are needed. And it tells you exactly what to do to move away from the addiction you had and into recovery of yourself, both spiritually, behaviorally, uh, and personally with your character and the way that you act towards people. Because people who are in addiction, they lie a lot, they cheat a lot, yeah. They deny a lot. They they can't own their feelings. They don't do well with feelings. So they have to learn to act a whole new way. Well, and that's it's a lot of, I think, feeling that way is a lot of guilt. And you just don't, it's like you want to keep it hidden. It's like the stuff, it's like that one drawer in your house or the closet that you, like, you don't want people to see that almost. And it's the same way I feel like with addiction. It's like, I'm, I'm going to ignore it. I'm not going to yeah. show it. I'm going to push it away um, and just, and a lot of people with addiction, they, they do their addiction by themselves mm -hmm. or, or with groups that 
also have the it's in secret or it's socially acceptable yeah yeah they find people to do it with where it's acceptable mm-hmm. and, you know a few things we didn't mention one you did actually mention which is gaming uh well you didn't mention gaming you mentioned social, social media. media yeah i was mentioning i was thinking of gaming and vaping uh combined with social media those three in today's world we don't talk enough about that sure. there is heavy addiction and social media, people who can't get off of it. Think of what you do when you get in an elevator, sit in a waiting room, sit at a stoplight in your car, get home, uh, go to the bathroom, whatever whatever you're doing, sit in a movie. People are constantly looking at social media on their phones. Think about what young people today, teenagers and young adults are doing when they're home by themselves, gaming, mm-hmm. and hours and hours and hours and can't stop. And think about vaping. That wasn't there when I grew up, Nick. Vaping's there now, and it yeah. seems like this like painless, yeah, kind of we're not smoking these carcinogens yeah. out of these cigarettes with the tar. Uh-huh. We're just vaping this this invisible vapor. But we don't even have the studies that are going to come out probably five years from now that show the significant damage that vaping has done. And and by the way, vaping with college students I treat has been the hardest things thing for people to get off of. More than even mm. cigarettes. And cigarettes used to be the worst, but now it's vaping. It's crazy. You've heard, I mean, I think we've all heard those TikToks or Instagram, speaking of social media, but we've heard on those platforms that how bad, va- I've heard the videos were vaping. People have no idea what vaping is going to end up because they just don't have the information on it yet. And after vaping is over, if it takes its turn, like we went from cigarettes to vaping, there's going to be something else that comes up. There's always something. And my whole thought when you were saying that, is no addiction that you have, and there's a comment that we're going to get to later, we're going to do a Q&A. I, I read something before this about a good addiction, and my thought is I don't feel like there is any good addiction. I feel like all addiction, me addiction by the definition means it's something you can't live without, and I don't feel like there's anything in this world, in this world, that you can't, that it's healthy to say that you can't live without yeah. it. Like that just seems like not a good place to be. Well, there are some that are, we talk about the term healthy addiction, you know, but I don't think that's really an addiction. That's just kind of more of an outlet or something people really like to do. But there are addictions that are more damaging than others. So rather than saying some addictions are good, it's saying some are just more damaging, but somebody who likes to jog and exercise, well, that can be really healthy. But then, but if you go too far and it takes over your social life and you can't go to work or school because you need to finish a run or you can't, your body starts to lose mass or, or start to break down yeah. because of all your running and you still can't stop anyway, that could be a problem. Like it is like for me, like I feel like a healthy thing for me that I've really tried to start doing these last couple of months has been going to the gym very consistently, trying to get healthy. But I I understand that I don't want to be a person who gets addicted to going to the gym. I want to do it as something that is healthy for me, but not to where a point where it's like I can't live without going. That's why I think it's important to have days off from the gym, at least for me. If y'all don't work out, you might not understand what I'm meaning. But for me, it's important to have days off where you don't go to the gym so your mind doesn't get trained to just like, oh, that's what I do every day and I'm just going to keep doing it. And that, that can go in so many other different ways other than the gym. Like if you you say, I wanna read I wanna read a book or read part of a part of a book every day. It's like you might want to take a couple of days off every now and then just so you don't get in because ha- habits and addiction can start very easily. 
and know the difference between them you know there are habits there are people that just creatures of habit they do things religiously it's different than an addiction that's true it's also true all right um okay is there anything else on this addiction that we we're gonna have to do a part two because we didn't get through everything well i think we need to understand and maybe go a little bit more into um, how they start okay and that's not a now thing probably but how they start and how they're, we, we touched on, you know, when people's lives get to a point, stress or anxiety or trauma, and then they latch onto something that they use and it gets them high. But also the reality that that high, anybody who's close to or in an addiction, that high does not actually solve any problem that you go to it to solve. In other words, I can't cope, I'm really stressed out, or I'm really hurt. I'm damaged, I'm stuck, uh, I feel rejected, and so I need to go use something, or I need to act out, or I'm really... They never fix the problem, right? They actually make you feel worse a lot of times. It makes you feel worse, which creates the guilt and the shame. And once the guilt and the shame kicks in, the only way, which, which lasts a little bit, but the only way to kick back in after that is to be able to use again, because you can't stay in the guilt and shame it keeps you so far down and so you go act out again and use and that makes you feel okay again Mm. (laughs) and then you've got the guilt and the shame so the desire the guilt the shame is a vicious cycle but we got a lot more we could talk about yes so if y'all want a part two make sure you like this podcast and you comment it down below that you want to see another part because we just don't have time it's a lot to go so, into addiction. All right. Next, we're going to do a couple questions from Q&A, and I'll leave some of these questions for part two if we do it. Yeah. So. Cool. Q&A time. And I'm I will say to... this, too, piggybacking the last one, Nick, that um, as a mental health professional, there's more addiction today than 28 years ago when I started doing this. Um, really. Like, it's a lot more prevalent now because I think a lot more is available. A lot more is more normal and acceptable and also uh it's not frowned upon as much it's not looked at as much of a negative anymore they're all kind of coping skills Mm -hmm. and we need to be real careful with what's a coping skill like just to chill out it's like somebody says i have a glass of wine or have a beer you know after work well there could be coping skills and then there's i really kind of need this if i'm gonna chill out at home that would be where there's a problem gotcha most people don't want to hear that, though, Nick. All right. First question, it'll be on the screen. How can you quit porn addiction? Because I'm tired of being depressed and anxious. So that's a part of addiction we didn't really talk about. Very good point. Yeah. Well, it's kind of in the sex addiction arena. But yeah, pornography is a big one, too, especially with the advent of social media. That's around that wasn't there 30 years ago, right? True. It was just in yeah. books or magazines or, or videotapes or something back then. But... What do you say? Because I'm tired of feeling being depressed, depressed and, anxious. and anxious. This is what's real interesting when it comes to pornography is what it can do is it can create a lot of guilt and shame. Number one, number two, it can create depression. Okay. Because it's something that people are typically hiding. And number three, it, it can make you feel continually anxious until you get more of a fix again. In other words, there's a lull point after using that. And then there's a pick me back up that you feel anxious or desiring of needing it, especially when it's around certain times or places. So pornography, we always say, is a way to get all of the emotional, uh, physical gratification. I'm sorry, it gets you all the physical gratification without the emotional investment. So if you're actually with a person and 
you are in a sexual relationship or close to them, you are invested in a relationship with them, intimacy. If you are looking at pornography, it is allowing you to get all the gratifying elements of it, but be in control and give nothing back. And so that's the danger there. So people, when they struggle with that, many times it's hard to have a real relationship because I don't know how to give myself to another person because now I feel really vulnerable. I don't know how to do that. I'd rather just stay over here in a corner and do that. So that's where pornography would come in. All the physical gratification, none of the emotional investment. And the way to deal with it is to put it out in front of you. In other words, know your danger spots, times, places, people, things that you typically need to go towards pornography and keep yourself from those, letting people Mm -hmm. know, uh, getting yourself in physical company of other people where you're less likely to act out and keeping yourself busy and putting it out in front of you. Also, 12-step program is good for that, but it's not trying to just white knuckle it, squeeze your knuckles and try to do your best just to hold on. You have to have a plan and a purpose. And that plan and purpose is as you stop looking at pornography, you start feeling more. As you look at more pornography, you stop You stop feeling more. That's mm. what creates the depression and anxiety, gotcha. if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that part about being with other people is so big for any kind of addiction, honestly. Any I mean, kind. Except except for being with people who struggle with the same thing. Yes. Like, if you do, if that's how you... You can't hang around with people who are still acting out. Yeah, you gotta hang out with people that will, will help you stay grounded. But if you're a drinker and alcohol is your thing, and after work is the biggest time you typically drink, you want to find a place or people to be with after work for a decent period of time to get you used to not needing it anymore at that time. It's just safeguards. Gotcha. All right, two more questions. There's a ton of questions. Y'all did so good about asking, but we only have time for two more. Um, We will definitely get to them in a part two. Part two. Um, Can you guys talk about the differences between someone normal and someone with an addictive personality? Well, normal people um, are people who can go to a party, take drinking, a wedding, something like that. And if they're really not feeling like drinking or, you know, and everybody else at the wedding is and celebrating, they just don't really go to it. Uh, we were at a a show one time recently and there was a champagne toast or something and Jill, my wife, who was like, is like, hey, raise a glass. And there's people drinking all over the place. And she's like, I don't, I'm kind of just not feeling like I, it's not my thing. She just won't do it if it's not her thing. Uh, but she would tell you chocolate <laughs> would be her addiction. And yeah. she's like, I'm not going to pass that up if it's there. It's kind of her thing to be able to do. And people who um, people who get around situations where you uh, you feel compulsively, you go to a casino. If you're not a, a gambling addict, you go into a casino and you really wouldn't want to spend your money. You, you might throw a quarter in a machine or something just for entertainment as you're walking to the pool. The addicts will stay in the casino the entire time they're on the trip to Vegas, right? So you want to be able to know that normal people, just that normal acting people, don't require the substance to move on. So yeah. if they really feel like having it, they will. Other people won't. I remember treating somebody one time with a food addiction that would uh, buffet hop. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't heard about it. This is about 20 years ago. I hadn't heard about it. But it was where they would go on like a Friday night and they would go to a buffet, eat all they could, get in the car. They'd go to the next buffet. Whew, Multiple buffets in an evening. 
until they all got sick and threw up. That's the clear definition of addiction. Mm -hmm. So normal thinking people don't let that behavior, that substance, any of that stuff get in the way of their regular life. Gotcha. All right. Last question. How do genetics play a role in addiction? Very interested in this. I think they do. But I think, how? I think there's a mixture how of things. Much? It's how much? I feel like the environment probably plays more into it than the genetics. Uh, just because somebody's genetically predisposed, like I have generations of addiction in my family, let's say, mm. it means you are likely to become an addict if you use, okay? Because you're genetically predisposed. But if you don't use, you're very likely not to. It's the same thing with anybody, right? And I think the studies have shown if you can get somebody to like 20 years old or so, without really much using of anything, they have a very good chance of not becoming an addict with something. But a lot of it happens before 20, and that's when the brain development is happening. That's the problem. The, the culturally, environmentally exposed child, teenager that grows up is huge because they see people using, they see peers using, they see society using in social media and it becomes so normalized that they just kind of fall into it. Therefore, if you're genetically predisposed, you're in big trouble hmm. because if you're genetically predisposed and I'm not like, I don't have it in my family, let's say all the way back, you and I can go out drinking or smoking or using or whatever. You're way more likely to get addicted than me because I just haven't had it in my family. But if you stay away from it, you're okay. When it's around you, when your parents, when your friends, when your siblings, when your uh, people at school, when people online you see using it in social media, it just becomes so normal. So I think yeah. the cult, to me, the the society that you have around you has a bit much bigger role in it than the True. genetics. But also, I think a lot of people might have trouble with genetics, like their their parents both struggled or their grandparents, whatever. Uh, I hear a lot of people saying like. Like, for instance, if you're at a bar and your friend's like, hey, have a drink or whatever, and somebody, somebody might say, oh, addiction runs in my family. I really don't want to try yeah. it just because I know mm -hmm. what it, and people will be like, oh, man, it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. But it's like, that's a smart person if you know that just to not even get started because it's so much more important yeah. to not get into addiction than when you're already in it. Right. To get well, out. and that's like why it's... we've talked to you and Tony, you know, we have addiction on both lines of the family tree, so to speak. Yeah. And so we talk about it from a young age about you're just predisposed to this. There's no different than cancer or something else that's going on. You have it all the way down the family line. Yeah. And you have to just be careful about it. So a lot of people don't know that. And look at NF, you know, the artist we've looked at. Yeah, totally. He has it all through himself. And from what it seems like, he hasn't fallen victim into that. But he did it through his art, through his craft, True. through his music of talking about not wanting to become that. So yeah. it is possible. Totally. All right. Awesome show. Wow, that was a lot. Um, if y'all want to see an extra episode, I want to make sure I didn't mention it at the beginning. Yep. Extra episode will be airing on the Monday after YouTube is seeing this. Um, and it'll be for YouTube members and Patreon members, just at the minimum level. Uh, we're going to be playing the game. Y'all might have seen before the game, but some of y'all might not because this is airing on our main YouTube channel. So some of y'all may have never seen this before. I always do a game, and I did it in the main episode. I'm going to switch it to 
the um, extra episode where I take a word and Tom has to guess trivia. I do trivia questions for that word. So I'll give you a hint, y'all a hint if you want uh, to know. The, the word is addict. <laughs> and I'm going to do all the answers start with an A-D-D-I-C-T. Oh, cool. And uh, if Tom gets all of them correct, that's how we're doing it. If Tom gets all of them correct, then we will give memberships away at our next Yay! live stream. So, Hopefully I do it right. If y'all want a chance to, uh, and I, I love to see y'all commenting uh, on that. So Appreciate y'all listening. Um, but I appreciate y'all. If y'all want that extra, extra, eh, extra episode, go get it. But that's going to do it. And uh, appreciate you, Tom. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you on the next, next Reaction, Reaction Therapy, Therapy Podcast. Podcast.